the paranormal and conspiracies all through the lens of comedy and curiosity. And we ended on a hard laugh with our three shots of funny. New episodes drop every Tuesday morning on ThunderRooster.com or wherever you get your podcast. We highly suggest watching episodes on YouTube due to heavy visual content. Rooster's out. Good evening, ladies. How's it going? Good evening. We're back. We are back. We're back at it. God, does every week feel like a month post-winter storm drama, or is that just me in Texas? No, 110%. <laughs> every day I feel like I've it's been a week the next yeah, morning. Yeah, we've just I'm weathered like, the storm. Damn it. Did I black yeah, yeah. out that whole time? You know, like, what is this? New life. Trauma is what really? that is. What that is. And now they're freaking lifting the mask mandate and bringing businesses back to 100% in Texas. I'm like, I feel gaslit. I'm like, am I (laughs) not a fan of Abbott? I'll let you know. We just got sideswiped again. Yeah. We just had a winter storm. He's like, if that didn't kill you, this this will. will. (laughs) God, what a guy. Well, it's safe to say that I will um, be staying home even more than I already was. I pretty much like only go to the grocery store, but. True, same. <laughs> Luckily, you live with a chef, you know? Yeah, and but you know. True. But when he gets home, he's like, he doesn't want to cook because he's been doing it all the time. Uh, yeah, true. So. You are a chef, though, too. So you know what? That, I Double mean, the people chef. have said, tonight I'm making nachos. So Ooh. watch out, world. Dang. <laughs> Info. Yeah, I'm crazy. Steve is out there cooking up some fajita chicken for himself for the no, nacho no. party we're going to have. So it'll be a good time. Good for him. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, we're going to have fun. Uh, with the help of our friends buying merch, Ooh. I rounded up and we donated 100 bucks to Austin Mutual Aid, oh which, my gosh, hell yeah. Great. So I'm saying let's do it again in like a couple weeks. We'll pick another organization. Um, if anyone has any thoughts or ideas or feels inspired by a certain organization... Hit us up. Let us know. It maybe you work for someone who's doing cool things to help people, not even just in Texas, but in general. Holler, let us know, because that was that was a wild ride. It was a journey, and we love. We want to help, and we want to help the people for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, sh- should we get? Should we? Get into it this week and get crazy. We can dive yeah, in. Where are we going? All right, cool. Uh, well, first off, we're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa, Kylie, Emily, and it's time to get spooky. <laughs> this week, we're heading to my favorite place, Louisiana. Well, Louisiana. one time, the three of us drove <laughs> from Texas to Louisiana yeah. and back. That was such a journey. That was such a beautiful time, you guys. It really like, was. It was. I look back on that, and it's one of my fondest moments. Yes, you know? that. And one time we were all there together for a little wedding. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Just if a I casual could, wedding. If I could paint both of those scenes, I would and hang them in my in my boudoir <laughs> forever. <laughs> boudoir. It's gorgeous. Oh, man. As soon as I as soon as I make my escape and we make our big move there, yes. I mean it is it is seances and ghost hunting galore. Let me tell you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean I'm pretty much down to move there now too. So yeah, we're all let's have a party. Peace out. I Texas. think you both should because then yeah. we'll be at some pretty haunted locations. Oh right. yeah, in the U.S. and isn't it like um, Salem and New Orleans there? Unofficial sister cities? They must be. They gotta be, right? They gotta be. I think so. And we just want to hang out with the ghosts at this point. Uh, Yeah. You know? Accurate. I mean, people are jerks a lot of the time, so. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? The mortals. Why not? So you want me to uh, start it off? Kick it off, honey. Kick it off, honey. Mm. So we're going to go... In the heart of central Louisiana. The heart. 
in a town called Alexandria. Beautiful. Where there remains an old, gorgeous Hotel Bentley. Oh, okay. And if you're thinking, like, the vehicle Bentley, it is just as fancy. It is just close as fancy. Close twin. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a close twin. Yeah. So a fraternal. A close twin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the hotel was built in 1907 by Joseph Bentley, a Pennsylvanian who made his wealth in the lumber industry in central Louisiana. Sounds fun. The estimated build cost of the hotel was around $700,000, so a pretty penny in these times. And what year was that? 1907. Oh, damn. Mm. That's, yeah, that's a lot of a lot of dough in today's money. It's a lot of, it's a chunk of change. It's a chunk. <laughs> the hotel included a large apartment on the top floor with a private elevator just for him. Oh, what? So he's he's li- he's living lux. For real. According to Jackie Ann for onlyinyourstate.com, the legend is that Bentley built the hotel because the nearby Ice Hotel turned him away one night when he was trying to get a room. So what better way to seek vengeance than to create competition by building a giant hotel right around the corner? <laughs> I like your style, Bentley. I like it. <laughs> Y'all, in today's money, that's over $20 million. Dang. Dang, God Bentley. It's that, it's that lumber industry, am I right? I'm Folks. trying to get into that. Damn. Everybody needs that wood. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. So Hotel Bentley, as I mentioned, was and is extravagant. So if you were to go there today or look at photos from the opening in 1908, You'll see crystal chandeliers, marble flooring, marble walls and pillars, grand staircases, and painted dome ceilings. Famous guests include Eisenhower and George S. Patton during World War II. And fun fact, I am from the hometown of George Patton. Oh. So we have, we have Patton Park <laughs> and our high school's mascot is is a general. So we are called the generals. Okay. <laughs> so how's how's how exciting is that? Like most people have like the tigers or like an animal. Girl. No. We're the generals. Girl, we were the mules, all right? <laughs> Go full mules. Full on donkey. Go ass. get them, all right? We used to say mules ass. kick. <laughs> You know, I, I've heard worse mascots than the generals. So, well, there are there are. But yeah. Did you have a mascot that ran around as a general? Like during the games? Um, and what was- yeah, but they weren't like hired by the school. It was just like random people. Oh, like they tried out like running around the town. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my high school mascot was problematic, so he was discontinued. Although they kept the logo until like recently, they just this past year just like retired it, and people are up in arms about it. I'm like, get over it. Uh, what was it? It was a warrior, which was basically like a Native American. So like mm. our logo was like a Native American headdress. Yeah, Damn. classic. Yeah, really. Classic I was racism. like, what the fuck does this have to do with this high school? goddamn nothing (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh lord some other famous guests and i think emily will enjoy Mm. one or two of these include john wayne cary grant (gasps) and roy rogers stop stop it mr cary grant the love of my life the man (laughs) one of them one of them i have many true so yeah this is one of many one should yeah always (laughs) So Hotel Bentley was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1979, and it did close and reopen several times over the years. Um, In 2012, it underwent a very expensive restoration. I think it was like a multi-million dollar restoration. Um, But it's brought it to what it is today, and it has the original 93 guest rooms, as well as a seven-story tower 
that is lived in by private residents. So if you were to go to Hotel Bentley, you wouldn't really be able to see what it's like inside those that pillar. (laughs) But you'll see, you know, the original um, decor, I guess you could say, of Hotel Bentley as it was in 1908. So let's talk ghosts. Am I right, folks? Yeah. Sir Bentley. Sir Bentley himself. Rumor has it he died in his, in the hotel, in his little apartment. I wasn't able to find out how. Let's just say natural causes. We hope. Um, Yep. But he's been spotted all over the hotel throughout the years. So although most of the sightings have been on the third floor, staff has reported seeing Bentley in the restaurant and also in the mirror bar. So the mirror bar is like a hot spot, not only for ghosts, but just in general in Alexandria and at the Bentley Hotel. Um, And a lot of people who may have not witnessed or experienced any paranormal activity in the hotel itself will still feel something a little off when they enter the mirror bar. So Mm. I'd be curious to see how Alyssa would react. (laughs) I don't know. Is it like wall-to-wall mirrors? That's a good question. I want to see, because if that's the case, that in itself is spooky. (laughs) Totally. I don't want to see myself. No. <laughs> every, ang- every angle. They're like, know. uh, yeah, no, I don't like that. Yeah. Can't stand uh, yeah, my left not. side. Yep, same, yeah. Because <laughs> you all know what my right side looks like. She's Italian. She's Italian. So another common ghost sighting is that of a young woman who, and this is like my worst fear, one of. She fell to her death in an elevator shaft. Oh, Ugh. my gosh. So I don't know. Like, do you slip between? Do you think you're getting on and it's just not there? The elevator's just not there? I don't know. I don't really want to yeah. look too much into it, but it's a little spooky to me. Um, and another ghost that is seen quite often is supposedly that of a man who fell over the grand staircase railing in 1985. Oof. 1985? Two. Yeah, it's pretty recent. That's a relatively new ghost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Figures have also been seen peeking around the railings above the center of the grand staircase. And some of the common paranormal activity seen by... Um, employees, as well as guests throughout the years before and after renovations include strange unexplained sounds, singing, disembodied footsteps, and thumping noises. I hate so that. So we'll get to that in a second. Uh-huh. Like, are those, is someone wearing boots? It's real annoying. Someone wearing boots? So some of you might recognize the name Hotel Bentley because it is the location of the seventh season premiere of Ghost Hunters. Oh, so, so two- I'm sure I've seen this. Yeah, you've, you've definitely seen it. Um, they filmed in Alexandria, and the TAPS team investigated the Hotel Bentley. And according to the episode, if you were to go watch it, you can witness Jason and Grant you know, hearing these voices. They, uh, they hear the sound of like a, a cart being wheeled by. So maybe that's like a drink cart or room service or something. And Jason also sees legs going up a stairway. I do remember this. I remember this episode. So at first he was like, oh, I saw something. I don't I don't know what it is. It's something. But then later on, he's like, they were legs, legs, (laughs) legs for days, legs for days. Were they attached to anything? I don't know. They may have just been legs. I would have loved that. Just like our pants. Yeah. Cryptid, you know? I just, the just, walking just pants. pants. The first what kind of nightcrawler. shoes they had on. Were they stripped <laughs> legs? Were they, We're going to have to ask Did Jason. they have pants on? Right? Lots of questions. Now I'm picturing it. It's freaking me out. <laughs> uh, in another scene, Steve and Tango take a, Tango <clears throat> take a seat in the hall, and they, <laughs> they start yelling at, at the ghosts. And they're trying to, like, get a reaction. They're trying to see if they can get um, 
if they can get those thumps on audio, like the thumping noises that I had mentioned. So they're yelling. Um, they're like, if you hear us, you know, make a thumping noise. And they actually do capture a couple of thumping noises and a knock in response to them. Hmm, so that's interesting. Interesting. Adam and Amy also, um, they actually debunk a rolling laser grid and then Tango <laughs> falls up the stairs while trying to get an entity to trip him. Um, which is, was that comedic <laughs> relief? I don't, I don't know. No one knows. No one really knows. It's a dangerous uh, proposition there, Tango. Yeah. <laughs> but really, at the end of the day, the ghost hunters are here to entertain. Yeah, so yeah. I get it. You can also see a video of a spark of light in the lobby. Um, and then the episode also plays an audio of footsteps. And then you hear a voice saying, no, you don't. <clears throat> so I don't know what that response is to, whether, you know, one of them had asked a question. Um, but do you hear Dante? Me Dante is asking a question. <laughs> He's, like, He's so oh. loud. I don't. He's like, yes, I do. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, yes, I will take a treat. Yeah. So in conclusion, my dear folks, Ghost Hunters confirms that Hotel Bentley is indeed haunted. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> With the third floor having the most activity. I would go to this hotel just to see, like, the extravagance alone. But to know that it's also haunted, like, sign me up. We're going. For sure. For sure. Is that pillar also is it still blocked off with residents? The pillar? Yes, it's yeah. just, like, private. Yeah. yeah, when I was looking at their website, it's, like, hotel and condos. So, mm. like, part of it's hotel and the other part is, like, private residences. A little bit of this. Cecil, Cecil. I know. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking when I looked I at the website. Yeah, I know. Did you guys watch that documentary on Netflix? A hundred percent. Whoo, baby. There's a lot. Should we, we probably shouldn't spoil anything. I know. We, uh, we, I don't think talking about it is spoiling anything because there are so many theories about it. And like end of the day, there, there's like still so many theories about it. I honestly, my personal guess is that she like had some sort of a a mental break and just Mm -hmm. like jumped, jumped on in and couldn't figure out how to get out which is terrifying but yeah the fact that the lid was that was the one thing that was keeping me from believing certain theories was that the the lid on the water tank had reportedly been closed but at the end of the season Mm -hmm. (laughs) episode (laughs) i guess it was a full season right that we all just binge watched within 24 hours um you find out that it was actually open and off the water tank so it does it is very plausible that she took a dip yeah do i think the place is haunted absolutely there's something (laughs) very wrong with it but in her case i think that her her mental health you know led her to a sad, a sad place. The yes. poor gal. 100%. And who knows? Maybe there was a combination. Could maybe be. There was a, an Could evil be. spirit there. Could it's be. Definitely has some bad energy, bad juju, because too yes. much has gone down in those walls. Yeah. Oof. Oh, well, uh, speaking of spooky, okay. I can. I got something spooky for us. Also, at the end, don't let me forget. I went somewhere spooky this weekend. I need to tell y'all about it. I totally yes. forgot. Totally skipped my mind. All right. <laughs> We're headed to my future home, New Orleans, to the mortuary. Yes. Nice. So it's a haunted house, um, like a haunted house attraction, but it's also a legitimate past home that was haunted before it became a, like, you know, intentionally haunted house where they jump out and scare you on purpose. Oh, man. Bad combo. I know, right? It's a haunted, haunted house. It's double haunted. Mm -hmm. So it was built back in 1872 by Irish immigrants Mary Slattery and her husband, John, 
whose last name is thought to have been Devonshire, which I think this story is really interesting because it mostly focuses on Mary and her husband is like kind of just background. And I'm like, go off, Mary. Did she have all the money? (laughs) I love that for her. Hmm. But at the time of its construction, Mary had hopes that her home at 4800 Canal Street would be this beautiful family home for generations. Part of the land, though, that they bought was acquired from the Jewish cemetery next door, which spanned three whole blocks. So it's like a pretty big cemetery. Yeah. Um, At the time, though, this Greek revival home was considered one of the most beautiful in the area. And it was basically like this perfect portrait of aristocratic New Orleans. So people like looked to this home as like the dream, you know, by 1880, uh, Mary and her husband were living at the mansion with their six children and a couple, the Keene family, who were good friends of theirs. And for as far as their eyes could see, it was headstones galore because they had the cemetery that sat to their left. And then there was another cemetery behind the home. And then not even two blocks up the road was Metairie Cemetery, which is my personal favorite cemetery in New Orleans, um, which houses thousands of deceased. So it's it's surrounded, surrounded. Mm-hmm. How could it not be haunted? The mortuary's current owner, Jeff Bourne, says it's likely that they're in the middle of probably a million graves within a square mile radius of the building starting within inches from it, which is, like, wild. Yeah, I mean, you can only assume at that point we got three walls of cemetery, you know? You're sitting right on top of something. Yeah. You You got nothing else. So, naturally, the place eventually became a funeral home years later. So, Mrs. Slattery sold the home in 1905, and then it was on the market again in 1928, selling to a Mr. P.J. McMahon, who converted it into a funeral home. And it was it was a successful spot. So, by 1959, P.J. McMahon's and Sons, which is what they called the funeral home, had added more than a few special features to the property, which were, like, big for its time. These included an elevator, which was, Mm. like, big deal. A garage for sneakily bringing in bodies away from the public eye. Uh, There were also smoking parlors for men and private rooms for ladies. And they also added private Mm. bedrooms on the second floor for grieving families and even dining rooms. So they really just, like, decked this place out, made it the spot to go to if, if your loved ones had passed away. They also equipped the mansion with an autopsy room, an embalming room, an on-site crematorium, cold storage for the dead, a casket and flower store, and more. This place was so big that they could actually host eight funerals at a single time. Wow. Eight funerals at once. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, huge. In its early days, the funeral home was quite advanced for the time, and it's said that they had conducted over 20,000 funerals during their 80-year-long stretch. So they saw a lot of death. By the 1980s, uh, Mr. McMahon um, merged the funeral home with Security Industrial Funeral Home Corporation. Why is that such a mouthful? (laughs) And less than a decade later, 4800 Canal Street was once again sold. So the holdings company that first purchased it was unable to maintain the 14,000 square foot property. So they put it back on the market and sold it to the Neal Corporation, who also owns Aveda Spas. What? What? So they were planning (laughs) to turn this funeral home into this like luxe spa. Plot imagine, twist. Imagine wow. trying to relax there. But lucky for all the spa goers, they pulled out of the project halfway through when the building was like just ripped up to shit. They had taken pretty much everything out and it was basically just a shell of a home at that point. 
So July 2nd, 2007, Jeff Bourne rolls in and he buys a place with plans to turn it into a haunted attraction. He's saying this is going to be the best haunted attraction that's ever been. Uh, He planned to open it in that September. So like just three months from purchase date um, with this building that had nothing in it. And they did it. (laughs) Wow. So it was during that three-month period that this paranormal team from L.A. reached out to Bourne about conducting a hunt at the mansion because they'd heard that the place had paranormal activity. And they were kind of interested to see, you know, because this place was a funeral home, did that contribute to the number of spirits that are there? They're open for 85 years. Probably. You know, what's that like? So this group from Los Angeles had so much success with their investigation that a bunch of other teams started reaching out to Bourne and following um, that so many, so many teams came and investigated it. So Bourne decided to capitalize on that and he set up cameras all over the home um, to capture the strange mists that they had seen before, apparitions that the other teams had caught. He set up night vision, color, and thermal cameras, and he also installed microphones and audio equipment in hopes that they would catch EVPs. During their first few years that they were open, he uh, also let people rent it out for um, overnight ghost hunts. And they offered ghost tours. Unfortunately, they don't do that anymore because they have um, hopped on the escape room trend, which, (laughs) you know, to each their own. It's Mm -hmm. not the one for me, but, you know, maybe someday they'll bring it back. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, over the years, there have been countless ghost stories that have emerged from the mortuary. Numerous guests have come forward to report that they were touched by something unseen while going through the haunted house, which this is a haunted house where they're not allowed to touch you. Um, Others have commented that they felt a little nauseous or uncomfortable, but they can't pinpoint why, which personally, I do not like (laughs) haunted houses, haunted house attractions. Yeah. So they do make me feel sick. But, um... You know, I mean, anxiety can definitely make you feel woozy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is a female spirit who is known to haunt the top floor of the building. It's said that she is crying and people assume that it's for a husband of hers who passed away decades ago. Um, There's also the ghost of a well-dressed man who's seen on the property, and some people think that may be her husband, although it's not entirely sure if they're related in any way. It's said that this guy is wearing a top hat, and he's often seen stumbling through the cemetery next door, Uh which I'm like, There he goes. Somebody help him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but apparently the cemetery um, doesn't really have, like, clear walking paths. Oh, so it makes sense oh, that he's okay. kind of, like, stumbling. He's tripping. But, yeah, it's... Somebody come get interesting. him. He's tripping <laughs> like a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my lord. But, yeah, according to local legend, his ghost is only known to appear when people are disrespecting the cemetery. So it sounds like he's, like, okay. chasing off the, the goons, you know, making sure Got that... It. They're respecting this this sacred space. Right. Good. Yeah. Other ghosts of the mortuary are the spirits of two young children who enjoy, you know, just just messing around, playing around at all times of the day. They're Being also kids. known. <laughs> they're also known to play pranks on the living, which is a hard pass for me, but have fun. Yeah. As um, you do. There's yeah, as you do in the in the afterlife. There's also a former mortician who haunts the property, oh. but um, people mostly see his apparition downstairs in the old morgue, and it's usually employees, and so those are the only people who are down there. Uh, when the building was constructed, the small area beside the elevator in the basement was used as this sort of workshop or autopsy room, and that's usually where they see this apparition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, since there are a few distinct spirits, but for the most part, reports are generally a little bit more vague, like disembodied footsteps or whispering, um, from unseen entities when no one is there. Um, in, in some instances, furniture has actually moved across the floor and scared the shit out of employees, which I don't like stuff moving. Please don't move the things. <laughs> On its own. Not my furniture. No. And these ghosts, they are not shy. <laughs> they are not shy. So Cody McLean, who used to be an employee of the mortuary, but is now the assistant general manager for Hotel St. Pierre and the Andrew Jackson Hotel, which is also haunted, um, spoke with Ghost City Tours about this employee-only investigation that he, their manager Lance, and a friend did a few years ago. Um, When they were set up in what is known as the Red Theater upstairs, apparently they hadn't been there very long and strange stuff started happening. Mm. So as Cody explained it, it was probably my imagination playing tricks on me, but I walked into the middle of the room and we called for Sarah, the female ghost, to come visit us. That was when Cody felt something grab his wrist. He didn't want to see what it was or who had wrapped their fingers around his wrist, but he figured, you know, I I summoned her Mm -hmm. and she came, Mm -hmm. so he took it as his cue to get the fuck out of there promptly. And, you know, it could have been his imagination, but when you ask someone to come and they do, you know, you get what you get. Right. Um, If anyone wants to visit the mortuary, it is only open during Halloween time from September to early November because it's a haunted house. Don't know what that's going to look like this Halloween season or where we'll be at with COVID, but you may see a real ghost, may see someone dress up as one. Take your chances. See what happens. If not, take a stroll through the nearby cemeteries. Always a good time. Always a good time. Wow, wow, wow. Spooky place, you guys. An old mortuary that's a haunted house. Yep. Well, I'll wrap wrap us up, y'all. Rapper. I'll wrap us up over in Shreveport, Louisiana. A real spooky town, if I do say so myself. Good time. They got a lot of haunted places over there in Shreveport. So I just took my little finger and I picked one of them. (laughs) <laughs> and I landed on, <laughs> I landed on Logan Mansion, you guys. She loves a mansion. I do. It's over at 725 Austin Place. So oh. also a little connection there. Again, in Shreveport. It's a Victorian mansion. A Gorgina. Lovely mm-hmm. design. Four bed, two and a half bath. Real nice. It was built in 1897, you guys, by architect Nathaniel Skies Allen for a Mr. Lafayette R. Logan and his lovely wife. Lafayette, you guys, he was born in 1844 in Shreveport, born and raised. He grew up to be a very successful merchant. The dude made some coin in the distribution of beer and ice, which, like, dope nice. because the people loved him, right? You know, bringing in that beer and ice all the time. We need it. Mm-hmm. We love Essentials. it. Essentials. We like our water ice here in America. Yeah. Same with my Coke. He married, <laughs> he married his one and only Lavinia Sia. Hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. Sia. S-E-A-Y. Who knows? But she uh, she was born in 1858 and came from a huge fam bam. They, um... <laughs> <laughs> all the giggles is making me giggle. But <laughs> she, uh, she and Lafayette, I don't, I don't think they had any kids. There's no reports of it anywhere. But they could have had some kids. It, they, it, it, they just might not have survived, right? So yeah. I'm just not sure on that fact. But in 1913, Lavinia died at the age of 54, and Lafayette ended up living in the home alone as a widower until his death six years later. 
So this was their home, you know, they built it, they loved it. But by 19, let's see, six years late, 1919, no longer, right? So Lafayette went and he like passed on this home to the relatives who kind of just, I don't think they did much with it because the beauty ended up going going on the market and she got tossed around a lot, honey, like a ton. Like she was thrown around. She was a boarding house for teachers, a church at one point. They had a church move in. They were holding a Sunday service in the attic. It was a big attic. Okay. And then the, and then a radio station. And you guys, this is a small Victorian house, but they held a radio station in there. Which is dope, right? She's multifaceted. She can do it all. She can do it all. But by 2005, she couldn't. She needed some tender. (laughs) (laughs) She needed needed some tender, loving care. And Billy and Vicky Lebrun, they were there for the job. They were like, give it to me. We got you. They moved in. They fixed her up really nice, you guys. They gave it that old Victorian touch. They really made it a home and they began hosting like events and letting people stay. Very cool. They were holding like Halloween tours, murder mysteries. And you know why guys? Cause the place was spooked. Duh. Mm-hmm. They were oh, yeah, feeling things. They were seeing things. Things mm-hmm. were moving around and they were like, what's this? So Vicky and uh, Billy did a little bit of research y'all. Turns out, there's a ghost there for sure. And it's a ghost for of sure. a child. She's Oof. got one of my favorite names, you guys. Theodora. Oh, love Theodora. that name. Love it. Theodora Hunt. We call Hunt. her Teddy. Yeah, 11-year-old Theodora Hunt. So this child apparently died. It's said she died from jumping from the attic of the window. Yeah. Oop. That's one of the claims. But... One thinks, you know, okay, Emily just told me this story, right, of Lafayette and Lavinia, (laughs) you know, back in the day, living there. They didn't have any kids. So how did Theodora Hunt, at 11 years old, meet her untimely death from this house, right? And it was back in the day, you guys. It was, like, back in, like, 19, oh, what was it, like, 04, something with a four, (laughs) <laughs> um. so it's oh, 1904 yeah June 20th 1904 that's what the reports say you know and you're like okay well how did this happen Emily why was Theodora Hunt in there I was asking myself the same thing there's three theories you guys okay Ooh. town legend says that Theodora who was the actual daughter of Dr. Hunt who was a widower at the time and was holding his practice nearby Lafayette and Lavinia's home. They were neighbors. Yeah. They said that her home life must have been lonely with her dad being a doc, you know? She yeah. didn't have her mom around. So she might have spent a lot of her, like, her time in Lafayette and Lavinia's. And Lafayette and Lavinia not having any children of themselves maybe were like, heck yeah, come on in. Hang yeah. out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's said that the town... The town tale is that that's what happened. She was hanging out over at the house and she could have been facing like some depression. You know, her life was sad and she she probably she might have jumped from the attic window. Uh, that's what the town thing. legend says. Yeah. Second story, though, her death certificate verifies her cause of death as being a heart attack on oh, June 20th, 1904. So, I mean... This is this could have been likely though too, and maybe perhaps she was in the attic at the time of the heart attack, right? Okay, because the home was built in 1897, 1904. Again, it could have been so. The third one though, this this comes from the family of Theodora. They they claim the first story of her jumping is totally false, not true at hmm. all. They want to completely ignore her death certificate and. They're saying that their child is still is still alive. <laughs> today. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> All right. No, not today. Because she's old. <laughs> she probably died. 
So they're saying that the other theory would be that, yes, Theodora Hunt did hang out in that house. She lived a long, beautiful life. She passed away, and she's returned to the house as a child. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) So those are three theories. Thanks to my help, helpful my helpful ghouls at hauntedhouses.com. Much to think about. It's a lot to think about. But one thing's for certain, Theodora is there and she's ghosting it up. She's spooking the people. And this <laughs> is what they say. Apparently, she loves to play in the attic. They hear disembodied child giggles all the time. Alyssa's favorite. Yeah. She likes to open and close doors. She's even known to lock a screen door. Oh, <laughs> get a load of that brat. She has also been known to lock Vicky out herself. She likes to lock Vicky out. Oh, yeah. And she moves <laughs> items around. She likes to put them in odd places. So like no one would guess that they're there, which is a little prankster. <laughs> when workmen are doing restoration around the house, because when Vicky and Billy were living there, there was a lot of restoration going on at the time. Theodora was known to take tools and the paint can lids. Come She's on. Sag in the lids. Paint's expensive. Don't let that dry I out. I know. <laughs> she likes to play in the bedrooms. She explores items that are left in there. So watch out. Suitcases. Never safe. She's a klepto. Mm-hmm. A music box in one of the rooms. She plays that a lot. She likes to play. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. The music box. She likes to look in jewelry boxes. <coughs> oh, and makeup bags. So watch out. Cute. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Exploring belongings to me is code for she's stealing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I don't know. I wonder if she tries any of it on. You know? I don't trust her little ass. Because mm-hmm. I don't share makeup. So no, unsanitary, yeah, very unsanitary, especially in 2021. Yeah, come on. Does she know that COVID exists? <sighs> Who knows? But she also doesn't understand how we feel about electrical things because she's also fascinated with electricity and she's turning on and off the lights. And, you know, we ain't living without electricity anymore out in Austin, <laughs> Texas. No. So don't be doing that, Theodora. She also plays with the toilet paper in the so background. Wasteful. <laughs> so, and yeah, you can uh, hear her singing in the bathroom a lot while she's ripping that toilet paper down. <laughs> <laughs> but what is she singing? Just a hum. <laughs> Just a tune. Somebody come get me. <laughs> I'm ripping up the teepee. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds to me like a little girl needs a little discipline in her life. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's fun, mm. though, is she not? <laughs> she's not boring. If I'll you would that. let her come to your apartment and act like that, that's your business. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Vicky, Vicky LeBrun swears that Theodora is not alone. She thinks there's another spirit in that house. They say that they think their hunch is the former owner because it's they they have a feeling it's an adult female. Okay. And okay. she's interested in the child. She likes to reorganize the silverware. She's usually friendly, but can her loud voice can be heard, which is obviously not a child. It's a yeah. woman, you know. So this place is indeed haunted, you guys. And I tell you what, B- Billy, our our lovely Billy and Vicky, they lived there up until 2019 when Billy ended up passing. Oh. Um, and Billy told Billy told his wife he was like, "There's no way." Oh, I'm sorry. 2018, Billy died, and. Vicky ended up selling the place soon after because Billy was like, you're not living here alone, which I find Mm -hmm. interesting, you know? So she did sell the place, and it's now an Airbnb. You can rent it for $139 a night. It's got 4.98 stars. 
Okay, damn. They have it dressed up in the same style Vicky had it with the Victorian features. It looks like you're taking your, your, you know, time traveling back to 1900. We love it. Staying there with Theodora and possibly Lavinia. Wow. Yeah. Only 139. That's not bad. I guess we could go there someday. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of children ghosts. Yeah. So my mediumship class, we have a Slack channel. We like have field trips sometimes, you know, into the outdoors, things like that. Well, one of my my gal friends um, found this list of haunted cemeteries in Texas. And number four on the list was one here in Austin. It's a private cemetery, um, which I had seen the sign before, but like forgotten about it. It's off of Capitol, Texas Highway, kind of over by um, a mall here in Austin. And um, she called the guy who owns the cemetery and got permission for us to go there. Cool. And so she invited all of our group to go, obviously. And when she first sent me the article, I saw a photo of the cemetery and I immediately started getting this like pulsing sensation between my eyes. And I was like, oh my gosh, what what is going to happen here? So throughout the week, like leading up to it, we all kept getting messages and names and, you know, all sorts of things about this place. Um, And we all kept getting children's spirits. So one day in my house, I heard like giggling and laughter in the living room. And And I was like, Poppy or Angus? No, it wasn't (laughs) my children. And I was like, oh, cute. (laughs) So I tried to kind of like, you know, pretend that didn't happen. And then I had a dream about meeting one of the kids who was waiting for us at the cemetery. Um, And they told us that they wanted us to bring candy and, you know, little things like that for them. So we brought candy and flowers and we spent a good hour or two there just kind of like walking around and, you know, taking it all in. Um, A lot of photos that we took while we were there have obvious figures in them. No way. Yeah. And we, I saw like, um, so I have never seen elementals before, which are like creatures basically. But some of the other people in my class see them all the time. And I finally saw one that day. What? And it was very bizarre. And it was like, hiding it was like playing with us basically but it kept hiding behind the tree it had this big black fluffy tail and every time i would catch a glimpse of the tail it would disappear again it was so bizarre and i also saw um oh my gosh Wait, that's crazy. I I didn't know anything about elementals. I know, I didn't yeah. know. So look look them up if you don't know anything about them, but then i also saw um when I was down, like, in what used to be, apparently, one of the girls in my class was, like, seeing a swimming hole, which I, I didn't hear her say anything about this until after the fact, but I thought I saw a little girl with blonde curls run past really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then later on, someone was like, there, I'm seeing kids in, in, like, a swimming hole. And another person was like, I keep seeing a little girl with, like, really tight blonde curls. And I was like, holy shit, I saw her. so then as we were leaving we were like you know we want to come back and visit you is there anything we can bring you and um they asked for a couple of things and i kept hearing them say the birds the birds and i was like what about the birds (laughs) and then on the way out i see this bird feeder that has fallen from the tree and is like broken apart so clearly they had been like enjoying Seeing these birds and the birds aren't coming anymore because the bird feeder fell. So one of the gals in my class is going to go hang it back up and start filling it with bird seeds. So they have their birds. That's really cute. But yeah, we want to go back because it's not taken care of. Um, And some of the graves are really not even that old. I mean, some of them are from, you know, the early to mid 90s. So we definitely want to go back and like clean it up and make it nice and you know keep bringing them flowers and visiting them but that is so sweet 
Yeah, That's it was awesome. mind-boggling to an experience. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to tell you guys about that at the top of the show. But yeah, it's I called, um, it goes by two names, Tarleton Cemetery or Tucker Cemetery. So if anyone wants to look it up and see photos, there definitely are some online. But Very cool. And you're going to need to talk to me more about these elementals because yeah. not only me, but I have heard from so many people, like, you know, when you're always catching something at the corner of your eye and you think it's like a cat or like there's yeah. some kind of animal that ran or by like you. like a quit. floater. Yeah. yeah. So many people talk about that and I see it too a lot. Yeah. See, I like, I had never seen any of these like little creature type things. One of the girls that day was like, said she saw something that looked almost like a flame and someone was like, oh my God, it could have been like a, um, like a woodland nymph or something like that. And I was like, Jesus, don't talk about fairies. Fairies are like kind of scary to me. (laughs) But, um, a lot of people in my class see these like creatures and that was the first time I saw something and it was definitely, definitely bizarre. (laughs) I was like, what is that fluffy tail? Wow. But it, whatever it was, was definitely like goofing because it kept hiding so goofing that's so it was cool goofing. dude yeah but whoa wow what a fun app so fun we I love really just louisiana. can't wait to get back to louisiana love mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. <sighs> all right kids well uh send us your stories to the golden ghouls podcast at gmail.com do it get spooky we, you know all we, that love good stuff. we love y'all we love y'all Yes. Thanks to everyone who bought merch. We oh. definitely want to do another um, fundraiser of sorts. So we'll keep you all posted on the next organization and when we're going to get that um, set up. But yeah, until next time, stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh.